0: It's going to be a very, very intense journey. What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode 114 of Frames Skip, your weekly video game podcast. I am Austin Eller. I am joined this week by George Loftus. George, I don't know what your nickname is this week, so how are you?
1: Bailey Zappy, baby. New Patriots quarterback. <laughs> let's Let's roll.
0: There we go. And I'm also joined by Seth Slakehouse. What's up, Seth? Um,
2: man, <laughs> I don't know. I might lose my foot. Okay, I might lose my foot. I I am in an extreme amount of pain right now because yesterday I got a new fridge installed. Right? Okay. And my landlord. On your foot. Yeah. Well, yes. My landlord hired these two like kids to move it and and it was that's that's a story in itself because they hated each other and they were just talking smack to each other the whole time you know Um, they're like dude
0: don't make me push this fridge over on top of your dead body it's
2: like super it's like super (laughs) awkward right because they're like 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 moving things like an appliance is a naturally cooperative task
1: really got to communicate yeah
2: but they hated each other like they were like climbing up the stairs with with my fridge. Like <laughs> the kid was like, "I effing hate this. I hate you. I've been doing this for three days, and I swear to God, I'm gonna quit." And I'm just standing there at the top of the stairs, like, <laughs> "Oh my god, <laughs> I, I can get it, guys." You know.
0: <laughs> you should be like, like, "Man, th- if you're gonna quit, like I'll help." I guess. Well, like I
2: mean. <laughs> they <laughs> they moved my old fridge out. And they damaged my wall when they did it. So when they did that, a piece of like drywall fell on the on the ground and I was barefoot and I stepped on it by accident when I was cleaning up. And it, it, it hurt really bad, but it l- only nicked my, the bottom of my foot a little bit, you know, but I think it got infected because I'm in like an extreme amount of pain from it. So I'm like trying to keep it wrapped and like keep an eye on it. But
1: bro, go to urgent care.
2: Dude, I don't have time for that. I, I I got stuff to do.
0: This was not how I was expecting to start this podcast. Yeah. Um also, I'm gonna be honest, when you said that, Seth, for some reason an image popped into my mind. Do you remember those guys from Game of Thrones that like turn people into stone? Um, um the the one that like attacked Jorah and he had that yeah. like condition. I was no, thinking in my head of you stepped gray scale. on this. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Grayscale. You stepped on this drywall. And so over the next few months, you're going to start slowly becoming drywall. drywall. That was what I imagined in my head.
1: I got confused <laughs> him. Like, how old is this? How old is this building? Did he step in like asbestos on with like a cut on his foot? Did he yeah, step on land, the nail hole? No. Like, you,
2: you guys are all lying. I know. I know exactly what your, your
1: first thought was.
2: I know exactly. When I said I might lose my foot, I know exactly what your first thought was. We all do. All right. Diabetes. Yes, that was diabetes. George, <laughs> oh <my> Austin, <laughs> don't lie to me anymore. This podcast, I'm sick of it. All right, I've been gone for three weeks. I'm sick of it.
1: No, as soon as you said your fridge was coming in, I thought like, oh, these two stoners dropped a fridge on his foot.
0: I was positive that that's where that conversation was going to go. So I'm impressed uh-huh. that it went somewhere else. You're, yeah, you're very crazy. Mm-hmm. I didn't Short think he had know. diabetes.
2: Oh so. no, definitely not.
1: Austin, move on. <laughs> also, talk about anything else.
0: <laughs> so, how are you guys? It's good to to be back. I, of course, have been gone for many weeks. Uh, it's been a busy, busy period of time for me for the past month or so. So, I'm glad to return and talk about asbestos and video games and whatever else is happening in our that's, world. That's pre-diabetic left foot. Yeah. <laughs> what I said? We were going to move on. <laughs> oh, sorry. my bad so um guys what have you been playing i i know we we typically start off that way and i think we've got a lot going on game wise so seth do you want to start us off yeah i'll start you off awesome i'll finish off too after the show
2: whoa (laughs) someone's coming and someone's going if you know what i mean (laughs) he's married (laughs) (laughs) um yeah, so I after I beat Trails of Cold Steel Four, don't edit that out. I saw you put a little thing there. I saw, I saw you type your keys as a timestamp. You're not editing that out. The world needs to know about our love. Anyway, after I beat Trails of Cold Steel Four, um, I was feeling a little bit of like the the, the post game, you know, emptiness, the post game depression, and nothing I did could fill that hole. And you know how. I am about filling holes, Austin.
0: Yes, coming and going, as we just yeah. discussed. Banging it out, rating it in.
2: Yeah. So, and I don't know if I talked about this on the show. I can't remember. So, I downloaded the next one in the series, and I downloaded the um, fan-made English patch, and I started playing it. And I'm like, I'm not, I can't do this. So I stopped playing that, um, and then I moved on to Tekken Seven because I saw the uh, Tekken. <laughs> reveal trailer and i was playing that and i'm like i'm really bad at tech and i hate this and then um i i I dabbled with my ps5 i don't like horizon forbidden west right now i started that and i'm about five hours in probably and man every time i boot it up i fall asleep i just can't get into it dude like and it's weird because i liked the first horizon a lot and I don't understand why I can't get into Forbidden West. I, I just, there's something about it. I don't think, I think Aloy acts a lot different than she did in the first game. I, I don't find her, like, she's straight up, like, mean to people in this game. Like, like very rude and, and um, aggressive towards people that are supposed to be, like, her friends and allies. And I'm like, I don't, why are you like this? It's, it's it, you know it's really weird and she was not like that in the first game. Um, and then I, w- I was dabbling back and forth between that and, and you know trying different games on my PS5. Um, I beat Ghost of Tsushima finally.
0: Nice, woo, great yeah. on the PS5, by the way. Yeah. Run yeah. so good on PS5.
2: Um, I <laughs> this is going to be hard to say. Have, have you guys beaten Ghost of Tsushima? yes yes did you feel like the game was 30 percent too long
0: a little bit I, I did kind of feel that in the last like couple three two three four hours i felt like they were a little drawn out
2: well i just felt like that last chapter felt added on it almost felt like a dlc because I don't, without spoiling the story, it feels like the climax is at the end of chapter two, and then for yes. some reason the the big bad villain just isn't there anymore and it takes takes place um in a small little like port town and I also felt like the finale uh well, not the finale but like the the climactic battle yeah I didn't even dude I swear to God when I first started that battle, I didn't even realize I was fighting him. I thought I was fighting like a random enemy yeah. on the, on the, on the boat. And I was like, okay. Um, and there was no challenge to it at all. I, and, um, I don't know, man, I, the further I am away from ghosts of Tsushima, the the less I like it. So that was, yeah, that was kind of a hard blow, but after dabbling with that and, and, and going down that road and, um, the I watched the Cyberpunk Edge Runners trailer. I think. And then I started playing Cyberpunk uh, around the same time you did, Austin. And right. I uh, I know you want to talk a lot about that, but uh, I did beat that Sunday. Oh I, I nice. beat Cyberpunk Sunday and I did almost everything in the game as as far as like side quests go. To a certain point where I was just like, I'm done doing side quests. Like I I was at the I was at the final mission and I had like a couple characters stories left that I didn't really care about. A couple of characters that, um, as I was playing through, I was like, I don't really, I don't, really, you, know, I don't really care about you. So I, I didn't finish their story, um, but I did for the most part, almost everything in the game.
0: Did you play but, on PC or PS Five?
2: Yeah, I played it on PC. Okay. Um, and I got, I gotta say, man, like, it's really a shame that that game got pushed out before it was ready, and it was also held back by uh, the PS Four generation because cyberpunk is a great game it really is and especially now that they fixed it which i go back and forth on right because i don't think that cd project should be given the all clear right i don't think they should be like we, we no one should forget what they did when they like straight up lied to people and they knew their game was broken when they shipped it out and, and deceived people, but at the same time, I I want people to play it because it's so good. Yeah, now, you know. So it's it's weird because I don't want I don't like I really don't feel like CD Projekt should just be given praise because all of a sudden people watched edge Runners and they played Cyberpunk. And they're like, oh wow, this game's great. There's a there's a backstory to that, you know. But yeah, I loved it.
0: Yeah, and I do agree with you. I mean, it's it's an interesting dilemma because. I mean, clearly the game was broken when it launched. They knew it was broken. And they released it the way it was, which was unacceptable. I mean, they, you know, as great as the game is now, it, it should never have been released in that state. And like Seth said, I mean, they did just straight up lie to people. And yeah, George.
1: It was so broken that Sony delisted it from their store. Like, like that is just, like, unprecedented, right? Like, it's one thing to delist a game that's past its prime, that, like, the servers are dying down, that there's a new iteration of, but to, like, take a, a new game that just released by, like, what's expected to be, like, a top-tier studio and just be like, we can't sell this to people. Like, that's incredible I, I i've never seen anything like it i don't think we'll ever see anything like it again like i hopefully this moved the needle so much and just being like yeah Yo, if you release a game that's like straight up crap we're not gonna put up with it and i, I realize as soon as i say that uh battlefield 2042 so i apologize uh, yeah i guess we did see it again
0: yeah well but to seth's point okay so seth did you watch edge runners like have you watched the full thing
2: yeah, yeah, I watched it and finished. Okay. It.
0: We haven't, I, I've only seen the first episode, but I know everybody started playing it because of Edge Runners, but I actually had not seen anything Edge Runners and just started kind of natively seeing everybody else playing it. And I grabbed it for like five bucks at GameStop on Series X. And, you know, again, it's sad what they did but at the same time it's it's just a weird conversation to have because the game is fantastic um i'm nowhere even close to where you were seth i don't know how many hours you put in but i'm probably maybe like 15 hours in
2: i can tell you it took me 72.7 hours
0: okay so yeah i'm nowhere even close to to where you're at but i i love it i mean it's it's been a long time since I've gotten into like a Western style RPG like that, and you know, in a in a way, there's it, it's kind of a blend because it's also got that that shooter element to it. It's not quite like a Skyrim or a, a Fallout. I think it really is more of like a comprehensive shooter than than Fallout is. And um, there's just something about it though. The thing that keeps pulling me back is the world. It's so well crafted. I mean, anytime I, I boot up the game, I really do feel like I'm in this huge city and I don't think yeah. any game has, frankly I don't think any game has done that as well as cyberpunk has that I've played um,
2: I, yeah the level of detail and the amount of assets that aren't reused is, is really insane in cyberpunk and you can tell that you know, whoever crafted that world put a ton of care and love into it um, but I think you know, CD Projekt suffered from a common problem with companies as they're growing and it's that they got too big too quick. And when companies get too big, they may start making decisions, um, based less and less out of passion, which was the first three Witcher games were all passion. You know, like you could, you could definitely feel that when you played, but the, um, thing with cyberpunk was, you could definitely tell that they were trying really hard to get people's money. Um, and the they game came second to the dollar and, well, whatever. The,
1: the Polish use, right. I don't know, it's not a dollar. A, <laughs> the Polish um, dollar.
0: Rupee. <laughs>
1: Are they in the Union? Are they in the European Union? They might be. I, I, do I don't even know. Might be Euroboys. Um, but, um,
2: okay. yeah, the one thing I will say, the game's not perfect. The, I think the story, no. um, especially at the end, leaves a lot to be desired. And I think the driving is
0: oh it's awesome. bad it's yeah.
2: unforgivably bad and i like how they went back and they're like oh no we we uh we changed it a little bit and and updated it now we we think it drives a little bit better and I booted it up and I'm like I don't notice a it difference <laughs> it's funny because it'll say you're going like 180 miles an hour right and it feels like you're going maybe 20 miles per hour faster than the people on the
0: road. yeah it's really weird it's very slow and like th- I don't it's very slippery, I guess, for yeah. lack of a better word, like you start turning and then your car just does like a 1280 off the freeway. And it's like, all right, I don't know what happened there. But yeah, no, I do agree with you. The game is not perfect. I mean, it's still got some issues. I've had a couple bugs, nothing like major. Actually, <laughs> the funniest one I had, you can hack items and stuff in the game to like do various things. But the, the key one I've been using a lot at the start is the distract enemies hack where you can. You know, you, you look at a car or whatever it may be and, and tell it to honk its horn and enemies go look at it so you can kind of stealth on them. <laughs> the funniest one I had was, I forget which mission it was, but there was some area where I'd used that thing on a, on a car and the horn just did not stop. <laughs> like the horn just kept going for like a solid 15 minutes. As I was like in this area, I'd gone down in the basement, like subsection of this building, and like I could still just hear in the background ee! as that's I was fun. like down in that's the basement, like a hundred feet away. That's what it feels
1: like <laughs> to live in a city. That's
0: great. That's very yeah, that's true. <laughs> so I haven't had You're anything game breaking, thankfully. I've just had some funny stuff. But uh, I
2: think most of the the bugs and stuff are are taken care of. Yeah. um What's what is good news though is that they are leaving the right engine behind. So they cut their yeah. losses.
0: And they're moving to Unreal. Well, that's actually, this is a good talking point. And I hate to interrupt our our, um, games we've been playing, but we did just recently get the news. And Seth, you were talking about how big CD Projekt has gotten and kind of their passion. I'm curious what you guys think about the news of basically all the stuff they announced recently. I don't know if you saw, but they announced that new Witcher trilogy. So Witcher 4, 5, and 6, they announced some other Witcher spinoff. They announced a new IP game that they're working on and they announced a sequel to cyberpunk. Yeah. And I thought that was maybe a little too much. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, it wasn't,
1: it wasn't like a games presentation. It was like an investor call.
0: It was an so, investor call. Yeah.
1: So I'm willing to be like a little more forgiving to them for that, for just sort of like showing all their cards because they, they weren't like bragging to consumers about everything that's coming. They were literally telling their sh- like shareholders, right. like, Hey, true. We're this is what we're working on. We've contracted a whole bunch of studios to like help us work on stuff. Um, we're, we're expanding these properties here. Like, there's a cyberpunk game that we're not making, there's a, a witcher game that we're not making. We're also making a brand new witcher trilogy. Like, it felt more like hey, we kind of messed up with cyberpunk and like the way it happened. Like, how familiar are you guys with like cinema history? Yeah, zero, yeah, right. a so, little like, bit. So- Spielberg made this movie called 1941. That was supposed to be like a world war II themed comedy. And that movie went like famously over budget and bombed. No pun intended, uh, critically and like commercially. So after that, the first movie he made was Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the lost Ark, And like, he was all about business on that movie where he was trying to come in under budget. He was trying to come in like early, like ahead of schedule. He was doing everything he could to like, make sure that that movie was like, a success to like sort of fix his resume. And so I feel like them doing this is like their version of being like, Hey, we're being super responsible with these properties. This is us expanding. This is us. I think they acquired a developer in Boston. If I'm remembering their presentation correctly, because this was, I think last week,
0: I think they did. Yeah.
1: And so this is like them sort of like expanding and showing like reasonable growth and being like, Hey, we're not like the lead running back. We're not going to put everything on our shoulders.
0: Yeah. I just, you are right, George. And like, I know that looking at this stuff, I mean, it's probably going to be 15, 10, 15 years before we see all this come to fruition. But oh, yeah, it's
1: it's at least eight.
0: Yeah, I, I just, I don't know, man. I don't know how to feel about. Especially after what just happened with Cyberpunk, I know that, like you said, they are trying to reassure shareholders, but. Um, they really they're going to have to prove themselves again mm-hmm. in a in a big way. So I'll be curious to see what happens with them moving forward, especially when it comes to like Witcher four and even the cyberpunk expansion that they're working on for next year. You know, I'm I'll be interested to see if it really is fully fledged and, you know, everything it it needs to be.
1: Well, to to pivot quickly from cyberpunk to Witcher, just because I've I've only played like the first hour of cyberpunk and I played it back when it launched so I, I did not continue um but i'm pretty familiar with with witcher 3 witcher 3 felt like such a breath of fresh air like in terms of like just the way an open world third person action game was structured to the point where it felt copied by like ubisoft right like those assassin's creed games ostensibly are just like witcher 3 skins
2: 100 percent.
1: so i'm wondering with them doing witcher 3 are they just gonna like perfect the model that they kind of and like witcher 3 is different than witcher 1 and 2 were right like those were more like corridor not corridor but like more linear base action games
2: yeah there's almost no branching path
1: so like with these new games like are they just going to perfect what they sort of established with witcher 3 or are they going to do something that is industry defining and that other studios are going to chase and so like i totally i i seth like i think you hit the nail on the head when you first started talking about them at the top when you were just like Uh, we can't forgive and forget what they did because they know what they did and they did a bad thing, but also like this game rules. So like they deserve credit there. And like with Witcher three, like I'm or Witcher four, excuse me. uh, I'm, I'm so excited for them to sort of like get back on, on track.
2: Yeah. That'd be nice to see. I'm just, I'm very skeptical because I don't like they're, they're at a point now where with, the Witcher 1, 2, and 3. Like, The Witcher 1 isn't really connected to anything, but 2 and 3, definitely. They're connected straight to the books. So they had sort of like a World of Warcraft situation going on where they were able to play off the plot lines of the books set up for them. And at the end of The Witcher 3, like, it's done. Geralt retires. Everything's taken care of. Like, it's, it's over, you know? Mm-hmm. That's why, for the longest time, there was, they were like, no, we're not making another Witcher game. This is the last one. And then they eventually moved their tone and they were like, oh, you know, maybe we'll make a Witcher 4 and maybe it'll be Siri based, you know, and now they're like, actually, there's a whole new trilogy. So if you guys aren't familiar with the, the Warcraft series, um, I, don't, I don't blame you, but.
0: No, after, I don't play that nerd stuff.
2: <laughs> after <laughs> the third expansion, third, second, after the second expansion to World of Warcraft, they wrapped up all the plot lines that were set up from Warcraft, you know, one, two and three. Well, not all of them, but the main story. And that is when the series went super downhill because they had to start making things up on the fly. And so nothing,
1: nothing was as good as Miss of Pandaria. Yeah. Miss of Pandaria.
2: That's right. Yeah. Everyone loves the, the they made a whole expansion based on Kung Fu Panda. That was like super cool when I stopped playing the game, um, <laughs> the
0: cause you loved it so much and you just <laughs> yes. couldn't live to see that. Greatness. This, yeah. Go out yeah. right on
1: top. Tom Brady. Yeah.
2: <laughs> like, we're just going to, yeah, we're just going to make a really absurd, sarcastic expansion. They're going to love that. Um, but my, my, my worry is that now that they don't have source material to bounce off of that, the writing quality of the Witcher will go downhill. Now, I don't really have anything to to base that off of because CD project have been known to just create super immersive, great worlds with, with great writing. Um, But that is something that I I will say I'm worried about. And also we've come so far since the Witcher three in terms of gameplay and um, open world structure that they're really going to have to shake it up because I don't want to say the Witcher Three doesn't hold up; it does, but you can tell it's a last-gen game when you play it because it's very floaty. Um, there's and nowadays when we play games, we expect a certain amount of tactile response when you swing a sword in, in in game and things like that.
0: Yeah, I I will say just on the topic of you know another thing they talked about at this investor call was that the. Um, next gen patch for Witcher 3 would still be coming out this year and so I think eventually whenever that does release I probably will try to get into that game finally I I, I never really tried it out so it's good you should play it Yeah, Very apparently
1: I got really close to beating it and I had no idea so <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah. did everything on Skellige and then I was like my uh,
2: favorite part break. of the Witcher 3 is like you think you've explored
1: that entire game in continent
2: right And they're like, oh, no. Now the story's taking you to Skellige. And the Skellige Isles are, like, massive. Yeah. And you're like, oh, my God. No. No more. (laughs) (laughs) Never going to sleep again. (laughs) Yeah. Please, no more.
0: (laughs) Seth, I did want to ask you quickly, and I know we've been on this for a while, but what do you think about the PS5 so far? I don't think you've really talked about it since you, you received yours.
2: Um, I think it's fine. I'm... I knew this was going to be an issue, but I wasn't prepared for how big of an issue it was. Which is, there's, I have nothing to play on it. Yeah, I was really expecting um, Forbidden West to grab me more than it has. Um, but it it hasn't really, and I I keep trying, I keep going back and trying to, you know, see when the story hook is gonna is gonna catch me. But, um. I think I'm also feeling a lot of disappointment because I didn't like Ghost of Tsushima as much as I thought I was going to. Um, But I will say, I think Astro's Playroom was fantastic. Um, Definitely the best thing I bought. And I bought Ratchet and Clank. Um,
1: And I'm hoping that that, that's awesome, too, because I loved the first one. So
0: It's very good. I liked it a lot more than the first one.
1: Yeah, I liked it so much more than the first one. Um, Dude, I totally hear you. And, like, we're getting up to, I think probably this November, we should do like an episode. That's kind of like a report card on the consoles. Right. Cause it's been yeah, two like years, two years since their launch. Um, and so I, I do think we need to have sort of like a state of the union for like all three, especially like as the switch is like showing its age. I completely agree with you that there's nothing that's like, you know, knock my socks off in terms of like next gen gaming. But I had a launch PlayStation four. I didn't upgrade to like the pro. And so just the fact that I have like, a super PlayStation four, basically at this point, like it's been kind of nice being able to go back and play the things I missed. That said, yeah. I, where's my PlayStation five games? Sony. <laughs> yeah.
2: It's, it's getting pretty rough out there, especially cause you know, God of war uh, is coming out this year. And even that is a PS4 game, you know? Yeah. That's like, man, I just really want that that PS5 exclusive. Where's the Where's the real reason to buy this thing?
1: It is the last one. They announced that this is the last one that's being like co-developed.
0: Yeah, I mean, for me, the way I feel about it, and I look, I'm, I'm, I think I'm glad overall that I bought a Series X and a PS5. But I think the thing I've kind of come to terms with is they are respectively my new Xbox One and new PS4. I I really haven't had that next gen experience yet. I, I mean, here and there, but. Yeah. Um, moments, that's kind of where I'm at for sure. Right? Yeah, yeah.
2: the The, the true next gen um experience isn't gonna be like forever. We've gotten um texture and resolution increases, right? That's yeah. that's that's the general upgrade path for gaming. Now, especially with Unreal Engine five, you're gonna see things like um volume of objects and you know lighting increases and stuff like that because we've almost gotten you know as much texture as we can to make a difference you know nowadays you can zoom in really close on a model and you can see things that you couldn't see um normally so it's like well what what are we doing (laughs) you know right um but i will say that the things that unreal engine five is doing is like extremely impressive especially with how it manages resources and how you can make things look um extremely lifelike and i don't know if you guys have seen any of those demos that people are doing i saw
0: one earlier that i i don't know if you guys have seen it but it was this guy it's an indie developer that is making this game that looks like it's body cam footage and it looks like Real footage that they just ripped from, like, yeah. a police officer. Like, it, it does not look video game at all. It's very impressive.
2: Unreal Engine 5 is insane. I, I mean, it's it's probably the, the biggest jump we've seen since, like, the the jump from standard definition to high definition.
1: I thought you were going to say since Unreal Engine 4.
2: <laughs> Unreal Engine 4. Now, the jump from 2 to 3 to 4 happened and no one even noticed. A lot of well, games, even on... on like the four generation were still made with three because three was so popular.
1: It's, it's funny. Cause like, I, I made that joke about miss of Pandaria earlier. Right. And like, I, for some reason that really sticks out in my head. Cause that was when I really got into like, uh like gaming news <laughs> was when that uh, release dropped. And I was, I remember I, it was funny cause I didn't have my consoles with me. I was studying abroad in England. And I remember like actively checking IGN and being so bored that like, I actually watched the video review for that. But around that time, that was when like the unreal engine four demo dropped. And the way the Unreal Engine five demo like was like a first person game. Right. That was in like a desert setting that released mm-hmm. like towards like the beginning of the consoles.
0: Yep.
1: Uh that one was like a, a cyberpunk esque world where there was like a giant like RoboCop type mecha that was like roaming the streets and like that always like it's been what, 11 years, 12 years. And like that video is still like seared into my brain. And so like whenever these things come out, it is always just like such a jump. That said, I'm getting kind of bored of super realistic things. And I, I yeah. kind of, I kind of want, like I've been playing my switch a bit more lately. And I think it's just because like Nintendo's art direction is so charming. And so I like, it's, it's great that these games are giving people like a level of fidelity that they've never experienced before. And they can tell what they feel are like more authentic stories in more authentic ways. That's fantastic. But I also don't want to lose like the artistry of, of, of world building, you know, mm-hmm. like, as cool as it is to recreate like a a facsimile of the world that exists, like I, 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 happen to live in the world that exists. (laughs) And so like, show me something pretty.
2: Yeah, I agree. hundred percent.
0: George, what have you been playing?
1: (laughs) Last week, uh, Elijah came back to the show, helped, helped me out on a night. I couldn't get anyone else to join. Thank you, Elijah. Love you. And, uh, we, we talked, he issued me a challenge to go back and play oblivion. I was talking about Skyrim and how it wasn't exactly hitting. And so I went back. I did the tutorial for Oblivion. That was all I played of Oblivion because I just hate that. Like, I've done that tutorial itself a dozen times. So I did something genius where I beat the tutorial and then I got to the character selection. And and then I made a a game save right before, like, the exit, like the last time you can, like, edit your character. And so I'm going to uh, make three different types of characters. I'm going to make a thief. I'm going to make a mage. I'm going to make a like a, a warrior and I'm going to try to figure out which playstyle I like the most. I think I played Skyrim first. So that kind of swallowed me because Skyrim is an RPG kind of a name only. It's more of like an action game. That's just kind of kind of themed. And I just think it's more fun because it throws out all that nerd stuff that I don't actually care about. Like when you're sitting there in, in oblivion and you're in the prison cell and you're like trying to select like your star sign or whatever. I usually like doze off for at least four seconds every time like oh crap we're we're here again and uh, i figured out why skyrim wasn't hitting uh it's because i downloaded the anniversary pack but i was playing with none of the anniversary stuff added <laughs> As it turns out even though you buy the anniversary edition you need to go into creation club which is part of like the main menu and you need to select download all
0: that's ridiculous yeah, yeah. i really why thought would it would not just be embedded I really just in the thought game. It'd
1: be default but it's not yeah. Uh, Skyrim's incredible, man. And like with this new stuff, honestly, the only thing I've really messed with since was the, uh, like farming aspect that they brought into the game. And I think they added that in one of the DLCs, but they expanded on it and gave you a plantation in creation club. And so I've honestly been treating this like Stardew Valley, right? Where like, I just like everything revolves around my life on this farm because it is such like a, like a money cow. And so I go out, I I do some adventuring, I do some monstering, and then I come back, I, I talk to my girl. Um... Lydia, you know, from from Whiterun collect my my earnings from my farm and then I go out and I do more adventuring and I use that. I'm just turning into a real estate mogul. I really hope to expand my portfolio by the end of quarter four. Um, it's it's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. I'm going to be pretty loaded before I turn 180 days old, I think. Uh, but one thing I really want to talk about specifically, like it's it's Skyrim. There's there's quests I'm really excited to get to. They added like a, a sort of not official quest, but a quest made official by Bethesda. And it's so, like the Mythic Dawn comes back in one of the quests. And that was like the cult group that was trying to end the world in Oblivion. So I'm really excited to get there. And it's super high level. I think that you have to be like level 46 for that to activate. So I'm excited wow. to, to do that. I'm, I think I'm like level 17 now in like one week. But the reason I want to talk about it is because I've actually been playing it with this. Uh, I got the the Backbone, which is beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, it's pretty amazing stuff. I kind of regret buying this one because they released like a PlayStation theme one. And so I almost want to sell this one to Austin uh, since he likes his (laughs) Xbox so much and then buy the PlayStation theme one. Uh, But what an amazing device, man. It is so great. It's this is the one that's like built specifically for iPhone. I have an iPhone SE, the, um, the first generation SE, which is like. I think the, the parts of like an iPhone 11 or something, but like in the small body of like an iPhone five. So it's like the smallest possible iPhone they make now. I only say that cause I think we got some Android people on the podcast, right? Aren't you both? Yes. Android? Yes. Yes. We are. Okay. Um, iPhones are great. Uh, but this, this device, are great. this device is awesome. Yeah, I know. I work for Google now, basically. So I have to talk about your goddamn pixel sevens all the time. <laughs> But the backbone is incredible. It is such like a great feeling piece of tech. And it broke my heart when PlayStation announced that because I'm like, oh, we're like never getting a Vita 2. Not that I think that there should be a Vita 2. I just want there to be a Vita 2. But with this backbone, like you're ostensibly getting everything you could possibly want. And so I've only done remote play uh, through my PlayStation 5 with it, like on my same network. And like I was in my bedroom, which is probably 40 feet from where my PlayStation 5 is in my living room. But it ran great. There was a little bit of slowdown i admittedly don't have the best internet connection i think i only get like 80 megabytes down 100 megabytes down something like that but uh super smooth and i was able to do some like assassinations for the dark brotherhood on it and it just feels awesome like the controller itself is just such a nice piece of technology i haven't tried out um uh xbox remote play i'm excited i was probably gonna try that tonight and honestly if i could play oblivion that way that might be like the the new hook elijah and i lamented last week on the podcast that like Oblivion hasn't come to Switch, Morrowind hasn't come to Switch. Like I think those games, especially if they were able to sort of capture the the Xbox Series X upgrades in any sort of capacity, like just make it so you're not running an original Xbox or Xbox 360 game, if they could capture 30% of that genie in the bottle, that would be all I need to like grab those games on Switch, but in time being I might honestly just play it through my backbone.
2: Dude, it's so good. You're having the same revelation that I had last year with like um the Razor Kishi, right? Mm -hmm. is that and like these services are so good and no one uses them um but i will say xboxes is undoubtedly the best if you go through the game pass app on your phone and you see the game pass library and all of them stream from the cloud and it's like you can just tap a button and all of a sudden you know um skyrim would be playing from the cloud on your phone you know it's, it's insane um I was playing Yakuza 7 last night at work, just on my phone at work. Like this is this is crazy. This is unbelievable and it's got minimal lag. Um, were
1: you sorry, were you doing it through Wi-Fi or were you doing it through cell?
2: I was doing it through um Wi-Fi. Okay. Um but the cellular data uh, also works very well as long as you have a steady connection. Mhm. Um I don't get. No, one, I personally.
1: I used to do remote play like I remember in 2016 like I made a friend at my school because I was playing Skyrim through my laptop with like my PlayStation 4 controller and I didn't like I thought this guy was like really cool and like a jock because he was just like a real pretty boy and he talked about like his wa- days on the water polo team in in college and I was like yeah I probably hate you as a person. Uh, but then he saw me playing Skyrim and then we just got so drunk that night and just literally all we did was talk about Skyrim for six hours and became best friends. And like, I was <laughs> supposed to be a groomsman at his wedding that I didn't fly out to. Sorry, Austin. Um, <laughs> you're not the guy. It's just also just no, a, no. A, a very similar say, story. I was just to say, we
0: didn't go to school together. but yeah, Very similar you know. story there. <laughs> um,
1: but like, yeah, man, this, this thing has me because like I've done remote play before, but I always did it through a laptop or through like my desktop. And it was just like, so I can play PlayStation in my office instead of like going into the living room. But this device just feels so good. It feels awesome. I also played a little Fantasian with it, like the uh, Final Fantasy director's uh, Apple Arcade exclusive game, which I assume is going to be leaving pretty soon. Cause I think we're coming up on like a year and a half of that game only on Apple. So get ready for that. I think you guys are really going to love it because that's just JRPG nerd stuff. That's really pretty. And that seems kind of up both of yeah. your alleys. He said <laughs> he said respectfully um but man backbone incredible skyrim anniversary edition incredible runs great on playstation 5 happy to be earning trophies again
0: i really want to get one um either one of those or the razor kishi i know they did just release an android backbone like earlier this year so um i've been wanting to get one for that reason though george of playing playstation remote play or xcloud even i it's going to be interesting when the um I don't even know if they're still calling it X cloud, but the X Xbox cloud streaming stuff, it's going to be interesting at some point because they did announce, I think it was last year, the ability to play any game that you've purchased through the cloud. Yeah. So any, any digital game that you've ever bought will be accessible through X cloud at some point. Yep. And that, I think that's going to be fascinating when that comes to fruition. Um, yeah. But yeah, I I see myself if I were to get one of those things, I see myself playing a lot of um turn-based RPGs through remote play.
2: I think that Yeah, I mean, ter- turn-based go, RPGs yeah. um definitely great, but the latency is so low now on remote play that you can definitely get away with playing like a shooter. You can, you can do it 100% did now is it the best way to play it? No, but you can get away with doing it. I was playing um Halo Infinite um multiplayer pretty competitive when it first came out through my Hishi, so
0: Nice nice uh well i guess when it comes to me i've been playing cyberpunk as we already discussed but the other game i wanted to talk about briefly is overwatch 2 which released this past week and um it's been interesting you know i i actually really liked overwatch when it first came out i didn't play like a ton of it but i probably played a good like 60 70 hours when it first launched whenever that was maybe 2017 2018 somewhere in that time frame and um I just think mechanically it's a really good game Uh, it plays really well the story is interesting and the community is not great but that's why i turn everything off and don't join voice chat don't join text chat and can just ignore everybody and just have fun so um it's been interesting going back to two you know it's a free-to-play game now if you bought the first game you still have access to all the characters otherwise you have to kind of level up and unlock them that way but so those that did play the first game do have that, that um, kind of advantage going in, But the one thing I will say is it's... Uh, by all means, it's just Overwatch 1. So there's really nothing, nothing different, um, sadly. I, I still think it's fun. I, I'm still really enjoying it. Um, but frankly, even if I just had revisited Overwatch 1, I don't think I'd have any different reaction than what I'm having right now. Mm-hmm. So... Um, It's going to be interesting to see what happens moving forward, you know, because it had so many issues at launch. And I'm sure you guys saw this, but it was it suffered multiple DDoS attacks and had just nonstop queue issues where you have to wait in the queue for three hours to get into the game.
1: Yeah. Okay. so really quick, like I'm not familiar with like, is that a thing on PC games? Like I've I've never seen like a Call of Duty game where it's just like, hey, waiting in queue, we'll get you in as soon as we can. It's like, what? You mean I can't just. Yeah. play right now like can can you break that yeah. down a little bit for me
0: so it's primarily I, I seth you might know a little bit more than me on this but it's primarily mmos where you see this a lot where you'll boot it up and
2: it's server load i mean like and it, it's weird because it happens almost every game on launch night and usually a few days after that it'll happen on, on peak hours but um there's also, the also the issue is, like Austin said, a lot of these places get DDoSed, and it just congests traffic, and when you have a game such as Overwatch 2, where they run totally on Blizzard servers, when you have people that are congesting those servers with ping attacks, all of a sudden, like, you just, you deserve, you can't get into the servers, so that's an issue. Um and then the other issue is like, for instance, on World of Warcraft or Final Fantasy, there's so many people playing in these specific servers. Cause when you're playing um like a shooter, they'll actually put you they'll actually put you in whatever servers open, right? Mm-hmm. On an MMO, you have a dedicated server that all your stuff is stored on. So you have to wait for an opening on that server to get in. When you're playing like Overwatch 2, you don't have a dedicated server. So It's going to put you wherever, but anytime, I mean, there's only so much road space
0: to get you there. Yeah, Um, Yeah. so it's been interesting, but I will tell you that's been fixed. So it's probably a combination of the, the DDoS attacks coming to an end, but also just probably people, you know, it's not launch day anymore. People have kind of spread out, so you can easily get in now. I mean, anytime you boot it up, there's no queue. You just hop right on but i'm still really enjoying it andy played just a bajillion hours of overwatch she played like almost 700 hours before we were dating and so whoa wow yeah she was really into that game and so it's been fun playing with her and um, Wait.
1: <laughs> i don't think i've played 700 hours in like one video game i think the closest i've gotten like i think i might be yeah. around 500 in skyrim across the PlayStation 3, the Xbox 360, the PlayStation 4, and now the PlayStation 5, I might be nipping at 500. Really quick detour, sorry from from overwatch. What game do you think you guys have played the most?
0: Final Final
1: Fantasy 14. You guys both both say that? Yeah. Okay, and like ballpark hours?
0: I think I played about 500 ish, if I'm not mistaken. Okay.
2: I am at 400 just on the pc and i probably played that an extra 500 on my playstation yeah maybe wow. more maybe maybe more closer to, so you gotta to be way past
0: me i know that
2: yeah I, I i put a lot of time in on my playstation um not only when me and austin played together like 10 years ago but also a few years when i played through all the all the story content so wow. i have a lot of time involved.
1: okay yeah, I think Skyrim is my number yeah. 1 and then I think I think my Dex next game
0: like, though would probably like be my number 2. Mo- I think Monster Hunter World would be my 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 next one. I think I'd put probably about what? 350 into that game. You know how much time so. I have in Monster Hunter World? How much?
2: Like uh like 50, but all of that was alone.
1: So really that's like
0: 400. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's like,
2: it's like solo hours. So you,
0: yeah. you you <laughs> played like hard mode. Then sounds like nobody yeah. was playing with you.
2: Yeah, that, that, that's that's correct. Uh, it was <laughs> like hard mode, emotional,
1: emotional <laughs> hard mode. Yeah, I think so. I think number number three is Civ Four. I think that that rounds out
0: my nice. top three. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I'm enjoying Overwatch 2. I it's weird the state that they released it in. I I don't really know why they decided to kill it kill the first game off and release two when it's the exact same. The The big deal when they first announced it was that it was going to have this huge PVE co-op campaign that was going to be like super expansive and have RPG elements and all this stuff. And it's just not in it. So I don't know when that's coming, but for now essentially what they've given us is exactly the same as what we had. Mm-hmm. So it's still good. I'd still think it's worth playing if you're into that sort of thing. I mean, it still plays super well, but I don't know, just a very strange launch.
1: I saw someone do the math about like how many hours do you have to put in to unlock a legendary skin. And that did two things. That immediately turned me off of ever playing Overwatch 2. And that made me really scared for Gundam Evolution when that comes to consoles. Because like, yeah. that, that yeah. game is basically Overwatch Lite, right? Like It's just with Gundam skins. Yeah. Right.
2: Well, I've heard that uh, Gundam Evolution's monetary practices are pretty egregious, considering you lose all your currency every season.
0: Ooh, that's rough. Yeah. Uh, are you serious? Yeah. Yeah. Yikes. You
2: lose all your currency after a certain amount of time. So if you're trying to like save up to buy like skins or, you know, characters or whatever, you can't do it.
1: That's all awful. Right. All right. Uh <laughs> is is Overwatch Ones like are those servers still running or do they no. they ca- they killed those? They
2: killed it. They canceled it. So basically the reason people are so upset from what I'm reading is because Overwatch's Overwatch 2's um monetary practices are way more predatory and they feel a lot of people feel as if they killed overwatch one so that they could put two in its place and extract more money out of people
0: right because there's
2: essentially no difference between them
0: yeah and i frankly i don't really care about the aesthetic stuff too much so it doesn't really bother me i mean i'm never going to buy the battle pass in that game but um unlike destiny where i did and will continue purchasing that battle pass cuz yeah, i buddy. feel like my you get your money's worth out of it but i just no i i totally agree with that statement because the first game you know you had your loot boxes but you would get them constantly and just you would get tons of stuff from them and unlike this unlike 2 or no it totally is just it's very hard to get much of anything so it's just odd
1: <laughs> um yeah, I really feel like I hate the future that games are presenting us where. Uh, I don't know, it, like it really feels like you're just like at a claw machine, right? Yeah. And it's like, hey, man, I would love to just give you $70 to not think about this. It's cool. You release this for free. I appreciate that. But like you are literally nickel and diming me at every possible opportunity. Yes
2: yes there there's so many games, especially like mobile games, where if they would be um incredible if you had just let me pay like twenty to forty dollars, it gave me a full experience, yeah, it would be good, but because they're not good and they're free to play, I might download it, yeah, but I'm gonna get too annoyed with that too fast, and i I don't want anything to do with it, yeah. You know? This su- mechanics can actually be pretty fun if placed in a game correctly. Of course, you know, like, um Xenoblade two does that, but the, the way mobile games do it and like free to play games is disgusting. It's,
1: it's, it's interesting. super interesting too. Cause there's like this new thing, not anything I talked about it last year, uh, but on Apple, there's Apple arcade, which is like a collection of games that are, it's like five bucks a month to join Apple arcade. And they took all these old games, like that had cooldowns and stuff and release it to Apple arcade. And it's like, Angry Birds Plus edition, you know, or whatever BS naming convention they use. But they took a whole bunch of these like, you know, base building Star Trek games and just brought it to Apple Arcade and like removed like the crappy cooldown time and like the actual ability to purchase like in-game currency, because I think like your subscription to Apple Arcade is like enough money to to justify it. And so it's really fun playing like one of those games where like I don't have to wait 36 hours to like build a spaceport. You know, it's like, oh, this is what the game is supposed to be. This is kind of fun. <laughs> if if it wasn't all about like, eh, yeah, yeah, could you could wait four days, or you could just give us nineteen dollars. I'm like, well, I'm not giving you nineteen dollars for a fake digital wall like that. I've I've done a lot of dumb things in my life, but that's not going to be one of them.
0: <laughs> the only game that I've seen get the gotcha mechanics correct, especially when it comes to mobile games, is um Dragalia Lost, which is now being shut down. So (laughs) never even heard of it. It's an it's actually a Nintendo developed uh mobile game, but it has nothing to do with any of their properties. It's about like dragons and it has this like really interesting storyline and um but the way it's set up, like you'll do a few missions and you'll get like 20 gotcha pulls. So and you get like five characters per pull. So it's just nonstop. You really don't have to spend money on it. And I guess it's shutting down for a reason, so... Yeah, <laughs> but people um, love game.
2: Activision Blizzard has made it very clear what their monetization strategy is going forward. Um, they started this with World of Warcraft years and years ago, and they um, got crapped all over for it with uh, you know Diablo Immortal, and um, they're going forward with it with Overwatch 2, and they don't seem to care, probably because they're getting so much money that they're like, well, we'll be the bad guys, but we're going to be the rich bad guys. Well, right that, now, but that's kind of what it seems like.
1: Man, I wonder yeah. that, like, because the deal for Microsoft to acquire them is still up, right? Like, that hasn't been, like, shot down by, like, the FCC, right?
2: No, not yet.
1: The FCC not yet. hasn't gotten involved? Okay. Um. So, like, that's, that's interesting because it's just one of those things where I wonder what Microsoft's influence is going to be. Because, like, I don't think the battle pass was too bad with Halo. And the fact that, like, those battle passes exist in in perpetuity right like it's not like a seasonal battle pass like you get a battle pass each season and then like everything you do contributes towards all accumulative battle passes which is like great like i don't feel like a gun is being placed in my temple telling me to play x amount of hours of this game before christmas otherwise i'm gonna lose everything Mm -hmm. but i i also wonder like did they overpay if all the money they're making is from this kind of like, dis- business schematic, you know?
2: Oh, that's definitely where a, a, a lot of their money is coming from, anyway. I mean, you saw people dropping thousands and thousands of dollars on Diablo Immortal in their, in their Twitch streams, um, and it's like, there, there's, there was, like, for a while, compilation videos on YouTube of people dumping thousands of dollars into packs of Diablo Immortal and then not getting what they wanted and, like, having meltdowns.
1: Yeah, that's fair. I used to work at a game developer when I was in San Francisco. I'm not going to say the game or the developer, but I just remember like like I couldn't see like who the user was, but I remember just seeing like, oh, this one person spent thirty six thousand dollars on this game. And I'm like, dude, this game sucks. Like, this is like a bad game. <laughs> and this guy, this one person, this this dude over in the Middle East just spent thirty six thousand dollars on just this game. Like, what is he spending on good games?
2: It was the royal prince himself. <laughs>
1: Yeah, the, yeah. Salt, the Sultan of Shikes. I can't believe they played that game. I'll tell you guys after. Um, don't ask me on Twitter what the game was. I don't want to bash it, but I'll bash it to you privately, Austin. There we go.
2: Austin, okay.
0: Excellent, perfect. So, speaking of heavy things, Seth, <laughs> let's talk about the forty ninety, which is yeah, So I, some controversy I'm, I'm hearing from you, my Mister Well Researched. Uh, GTX researcher himself, Seth um, Slickhouse.
2: Well, <laughs> I wanted to talk about this 4090 series card that NVIDIA launched, right? Because I don't know if I've seen a more out of touch product in my entire life. So it launched, um, like, we'll say yesterday, for all intents and purposes, it, it launched yesterday. And the benchmarks came out and it's clear like this is a 4K card, right? And it it does 4K and it does 4K well. And it's like, you know, you're getting um, 120 frames a second in 4K. So the card comes out and first things first, it's massive. There yeah. is a um, situation going on in the PC gaming community right now where like you have to find if your case can fit the card. First off, I have a massive case, which I'll, you know, I'll show you guys. Like my case is huge, right? I have, I have a whole anime statue in there of Goku and my case does not fit
1: 4090. I thought it was a joke when I saw the photos. Cause like it wasn't yeah. being compared to other graphics cards. It was being compared to consoles. Like it's S- like
0: bigger than a series S. Yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah it's absolutely insane right the
2: the next out of touch thing right is that a lot of the 4090s are requiring um 1200 watt power supplies to cope with them which is massive. astronomical yeah so to to be clear the most amount of draw before tripping a breaker most household outlets will pull is 1400 Forty, so like you're you're getting to a point with PC gaming right now with these forty nineties where you are gonna have to start if if it keeps going in this road in the next few years you're gonna have to start wiring them like you wire your oven and like your laundry machines with those two uh, forty watt connectors. Mm-hmm. That's that's where we're getting right. The next thing <laughs> is that the forty ninety Ti was actually canceled. Because it was melting people's power supplies. So essentially what they made. Is the 4090 cards. That aren't really an improvement over the, the 3000 series. They are but the technology is, is going to be essentially the same. They just made them huge and more powerful. They're like the Dodge Vipers of. Like, <laughs> right, like the Dodge Viper didn't do anything groundbreaking. They're like, we just put two more
1: cylinders in it, but it looks really cool. It's massive. The and Dodge it Viper, roars. it's also it's probably the size of about a Dodge Viper, too. Yeah,
2: exactly. Um, so I just think it's really interesting because I'm like, I don't know who this card is for, really. Like NVIDIA, and also, oh, by the way, they're over a thousand dollars.
0: Yeah, MSRP. they're like, they're like 1600 bucks, right? Yeah, MSRP. You know what else so, is sixteen hundred bucks? The Quest Pro, yeah. which has also been announced, which is also uh, oh, yeah. unrelatable to anybody.
1: <laughs> I was really yeah, I was really hoping we'd actually talk about that because I saw pre-order so, <laughs> going up for like $1,200.
0: I didn't mean a diverge of that. Let's yeah. stick up 490, but we can hit that later. I just it's
2: crazy to me, dude, because like I don't understand. They they released this card acting like the mining market was still hot and that people were going to buy these cards to mine on, that's what it seems like their mind was at. Like, people will buy these cards because they're going to get a ton of mining performance out of them. And to be fair, when this plan came in action, that's probably what happened, right? You you imagine they probably started working on the cards two years ago when the massive Bitcoin farms were churning out insane profits before Bitcoin crashed. So that's kind of how I feel like these cards came to be. I'm happy about it because right now, the um 3000 series cards that their price is crashing i'm probably gonna end up buying a 3080 ti in the next month or two to upgrade mine um just because i'm sick of an amd card but people are are really clear that they're not happy with the 4090s they're they're not happy with the price point they're not happy with like the heat that they're putting off um because what the people are saying is like you might be able to keep the card cool by like dispersing the heat normally, right? Like but when you're running 800 to 1200 watts of heat, that energy has to go somewhere. It's still going to heat your room. It's still going to radiate out. So like I don't know, man. I just I feel like in the current <laughs> the current climate, especially with like energy prices skyrocketing, it's yeah. this isn't this isn't the right move. This isn't the right move to make, and I'm not really sure what their idea was behind this this
1: 4000 series is this is this like a big enough blunder to like bankrupt the
0: company
2: no i don't think so
1: no
0: another one (laughs) yeah
2: maybe they think around
0: and it's interesting too because i mean even I, i haven't looked into these too much but even looking at the 4080 the 12 gig version is 900 bucks and the 16 gig version is 1200 bucks yeah and that's pretty insane to me. I mean, I know
2: just your graphics card, you know. Yeah, just that's just your graphics card.
0: I was trying to find the price of the forty seventy, but I guess they they haven't announced it yet. But people are suggesting maybe seven hundred. Which yeah, I don't know, man. That's insane because I bought a nine seventy, like pretty much right after it came out, and I think I paid maybe four hundred, four fifty. Well, like, it's close, insane how much graphics get, cards have gone up.
2: You can get a um. 3080 Ti right now, right? Because basically, what's happening is people are scalping them and reselling yeah. them. Um, you can get a 3080 Ti right now, I think, for like seven hundred dollars, brand new.
0: Yeah, that's insane.
2: So, that's probably what I'm gonna do. I mean, because I, don't, I, 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 and like the other thing we should probably talk about at some point is, I just don't get eight hundred dollars right now. I just don't find 4K gaming appealing. I'm like. No. I'm like man, I think we're fine with like 1080 or 1440p. I think 1440p is like a sweet spot because I game, I just played through Cyberpunk on, you know, my PC at 1440, max settings, and I thought it looked just as good as Horizon does on my PS5 on 4K, you know. I don't really see the appeal of 4K gaming especially on PCs where your monitors are probably 30 inches 32 inches it doesn't make a difference
0: that's the thing i somewhat see it on on a tv if you've got a big enough tv but when you've got like 20 25 inch monitor i mean you're really not going to notice no um so i i really don't see personally the point of 4k gaming on a pc Mm -hmm. now i've got a really nice 4k tv um that we just got over the summer and and I, I will say i do see a difference there when it comes to the consoles but you know that's a different situation that's a much larger much larger um, display but yeah i mean when it comes to the small stuff when it comes to gaming on a computer i i don't know man unless you've got some ginormous monitor i don't know that it would be worth it
2: you're gonna notice things like ray tracing and volumetric lighting um a lot more than you will 4k resolution That that's just in my yeah. opinion, that's how I feel about it. Um, now, the where where you might find a lot of use for like something like this is in the next generation of VR. You know, maybe yes, get native 4K VR in um, in the next generation of like headsets that come out. Maybe like the Quest, or I guess whatever Meta does next, their their next uh, headset. Maybe that'll run off your computer's graphics card. I don't know. I just don't see who this graphics card speaking to. Um, and I, I just think like the, the controversy around it is so funny because these people who build these PCs, um, they've been jokes forever, right? Like the PC master race and like, you know, spending thousands of dollars on a PC, but now it's getting like astronomical and it, they just look like jokes. People that are like camping outside of like micro center waiting yeah. for these things. I just, and like they're getting them home and then they're not fitting in their case and stuff like that. <laughs> and like, it's pretty, it's pretty awesome.
0: Well, you hit on a good point there at the end, Seth, and like we brought it up earlier, just quickly, uh, Meta, I guess, which is now Facebook or what used to be Facebook, they announced this week the MetaQuest Pro, which is the new kind of quote unquote high-end Oculus Quest. And like I mentioned, fifteen hundred bucks comes out a couple weeks from today. And uh yeah what an announcement this was something that i mean i knew this thing was going to be more expensive they had kind of talked about the pro version maybe a year ago we all knew it was coming and i i knew it was going to be more expensive i wasn't expecting like three times as much as the quest two four times as much as the quest two
1: well a little less now because they raise the price for the quest two
0: that's true so and it's just I don't know, man, I don't know if you guys saw the the announcement for this, but they really focused on, oh yeah, you can you can use this as you're working, and you'll all be in the space together, and everybody will be in VR and the metaverse and all this stuff. I'm like, ah, people are not going to want to wear a headset for seven hours, eight hours the they can be in VR all day yeah, long
2: I'm sorry, I hate Facebook and Instagram and like yeah I hate that with a dying passion like. I really dude no one asked for this. I don't know why Oh, god. And Mark Zuckerberg's clearly a robot or an alien. I'm sorry. Like it's 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 the truth. I'm sick of, I'm sick of pretending like it's a, it's a meme.
1: The guy yeah, No weird. no no person is that weird. Like yes. it's an alien who's a little weird. Yeah. No, Cuz no human being is that effing weird.
2: He recently he recently it got exposed had a whole UFC event for him, right? So, like, Dana White, who is, like, the, the head of the UFC, right, he said it wasn't true, but they have this event that the smaller cards take place at, the, at their, like, center called UFC Apex Center. There was one couple in the audience. Guess who it was? Mark Zuckerberg and his wife. Right? <laughs> I was like, why? Who is this person? Uh, <laughs> why are you here? I don't know.
1: I have a, I have a group thread of, of a bunch of friends I, I made in San Francisco. And uh, two of them either work for Meta directly or work for like a Meta agency of record. And man, I just, anytime there's bad Meta news, I just take a screenshot and just send it to that group chat. And it's probably like my favorite part of my day. And so uh, <laughs> yesterday I sent them the news, like the $1,500 headset. And then today, I sent them like a news article from the Byte that says $1.2 dollar Metaverse horrified by report; it only had 30 active users." <laughs> 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 and dude, like the the, the the art style in the
2: Metaverse makes me viscerally angry. Oh, it's I awful. I don't understand. You know what reminds me? It reminds me of Xbox avatars. Remember the Xbox avatars, like the little guys that would, would dance? Those were and, and those and were people?
1: so much more charming than anything That's, on Xbox, okay. though.
0: Here's the sad thing. It looks worse than PlayStation Home. Yeah, and, and PlayStation I, Home looked better.
2: PlayStation oh, I, But like, it's not like I'm like, oh, that, that looks awful. Like, it makes me angry inside when I see like
1: like footage of it. I'm like,
2: mm, I want to destroy thing. You know, this you know thing. what it's
1: like? Did you guys see that movie Serenity? Like the the stuff based off Firefly. No, I've so, never no, seen it. No. Oh, you guys are such nerds. You didn't see Firefly and Serenity. I
2: started watching Firefly. I never, I never finished it. Okay.
1: Okay. There's, there's one character on on that movie show. That's like kind of like programmed to be like the ultimate weapon or whatever. And so there's like certain things that like trigger her to like react and turn into like basically Wolverine from the Mm X-Men and it, it like the stuff from, from meta, like the, the actual like avatar stuff, like it just looks like the cartoon that like sets her off in the beginning of the movie. It's just like such a bizarre amalgamation of like all these different styles, and that's exactly exactly what it makes me think of. And so every time I look at it, I also have a visceral reaction, Seth, where I'm just sitting there and I just get like angry.
2: It's like I'm not, you know, just to be clear, like <laughs>
1: this might be a poor taste.
2: I'm not a t- right. But I can see where they're coming from when I see medical. <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: my god! <laughs> Jesus Christ!
1: It's okay, Austin. No one listens to this show anyway. It's fine. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I don't know if that one's going to make it.
1: <laughs> can you do me a favor? Can you just bleep it out? So it's like I'm not a bleep, but I I get where yes. bleeps coming yes. from. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs>
0: so we'll we'll let let everybody at home guess what seth said there what <laughs> yeah. he's talking about please
1: please write in your own answers that's actually pretty funny <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you very much yeah that should, I, that should be that should be a giveaway actually where we like associate like a like a value for like e- each letter like an a is one a b is two a c is three we like associate like a value and it's like whoever can like guess the closest number of like what the thing was like they they win uh they they win something <laughs>
0: like wheel of fortune frame skip edition yeah um yeah i don't know man i i i don't know what they're doing with this i don't know who would pay 1500 dollars for this um
1: it's it's funny too because i remember when like nintendo couldn't stop shooting itself in the foot yes but like i still wanted to care and now like meta is shooting itself in the foot and i just can't even begin to care (laughs) no You know, like I was so upset. I'm like the Wii U, what the hell is that? I'm like maybe it'll be good. Like maybe, maybe it'll be fun. I don't it's know. You do. Yeah, and then like you just see like all like these weird, dumb little games that work It's like happy, happy home designer. Like I don't. I, don't know. I mean, maybe. But then like you know, Meta will announce something. I'm like, oh, God, who gives it? So,
0: well, like- and it's sad because the Quest Two is so good. I mean, it yeah. is really at 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 the bottom line. It is such a good device, and so is the Quest uh, Quest One, but. I don't know. I, I'm not really sure where they're going with all this. The the fact that they're focusing so much on the work capabilities of VR. Nobody's going to want that. What's, you yeah. want You want VR to escape from reality, not to put yourself in reality. I mean, that's not the purpose.
2: Yeah. What's you guys' uh, gut check on the PSVR 2, by the way?
1: As soon as they announced there's no backwards compatibility, I uh, lost a lot of interest. But yeah. I, I assume... I assume there's going to be patches for those games, right? Like, I mean, like I don't see like a world where like Moss doesn't exist on PSVR two. And that's like such a beloved title on PSVR one, whether it's like a two, like a $5 upgrade, like the way you had to like pay to upgrade like your Wii games for your Wii U, like virtual console. Yeah. I don't know. But also like, I just saw like DBZ Kakarot just got like a free upgrade from PlayStation four to PlayStation five. So it's like, just because these games are natively backwards compatible, like, I assume Rick and Morty, virtual reality. Like I've been just collecting games on PlayStation VR because I'm like, oh, well my, I can't find a cord for my PlayStation VR, but I'll, I'll just play these on PSVR too. And like, these are just like some of the bigger titles. Like, I don't think they're going to leave blood and truth behind just to, just to be so, honest. Yeah. You know,
2: I lost interest in PSVR two When they, when, when Sony stopped supporting PSVR one with first party titles a year after it's released
0: wow you had some major foresight on that one i'm just
2: saying <laughs> <laughs> i was like you know, we can see how this thing goes and you know and, and then i'm like okay they're they're, yeah. they're they're doing it dirty like the vita that's how i felt with the psvr too. i'm like where you guys said you believed in this and um where like what are you putting out on it nothing it was all it was in, like there was good games that came out on it right but it wasn't from like Sony. i don't think I mean, hey, blood, and,
1: blood and truth was excellent
0: I think for me, it's going to be a wait and see situation. Originally, you know, when I thought there was a chance of backwards compatibility, I was slightly more interested in it because, I mean, for the same reason, George, you know, they've given out even on PS Plus, they've given out so many VR games at this point. So Mm -hmm. I just was like of the mindset of, hey, at least I've got some games to play, even if there's just a few at launch. But just knowing now that they're starting fresh and and hopefully a lot of those games will get patched. But. It'll probably be, a you know, maybe maybe at the end of year one or year two, I'll grab um, one depending on the price.
2: I just want to say real quick, apparently the issue with the backwards compatibility on, on PSVR is the controllers. Yeah, the which PSVR, makes sense. They use a completely different control scheme and like, you know, on PSVR one, it was the move controllers from ten years prior for some I'm, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so i'm still upset about MetaQuest. all right
1: uh don't worry Austin. no one's listening this far into the episode it's good, it's good. We're, we're good yeah like just elijah and so, alden hi alden I'm <laughs> back in. you.
0: so all right well that should do it guys unless you guys have anything else to add
1: nope we're um good. yeah get a backbone okay also get the backbone controller
2: that's what I was, was going to be saying. <laughs> but I was to like, to yeah, Austin has enough editing to do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so thank you all for listening. Of course, if you're listening, you know where to find us. But you know what is also great? at Wherever you're listening, you can probably review us or leave a rating for us on that um, platform. So please do so if you're on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Please give us a five-star rating. It helps out the show. You can find... Frameskip itself on social media at Frameskip Pod. I am at Austin J. Eller on Twitter. George is at purplebird616. That's also where you can find his comic book podcast short box summary. Woo! Seth is that Seth the 90s kid. And coach is bike packing. So that's what he's doing.
2: (laughs) My favorite, my favorite ongoing joke of this podcast. This day is when Coach closed his Twitter account and started using the FrameSkip Twitter account, and we were like, "Oh, and you can find Coach <laughs> at FrameSkip Pod." That was my favorite. That was the best time.
0: He <laughs> needs to start doing that again. Needs to start time. doing that again. So, all right, everybody, thank you for listening. We'll be back with you next week, and until next time, see ya.